not know me. I'm 23 years old. And uh, I just thank God. I'm just, I'm just a grateful young person. I'm just a grateful young man because, you know, I, didn't, I don't have the craziest testimony. I killed this much people. I did this. I locked up this long. But I just know where I was at. I know I was lost. I was, Luke, I was just a lukewarm PK. That's what I was. I was just a lukewarm PK. When I think about that, God says, I'd rather have you outside of my will than being lukewarm because I'll spit you out of my mouth, the Bible says. And my Bible says he'll vomit me out of my mouth. I was like, wow. But I was just a lukewarm PK fighting with the things of God. And it was, it was right there in the, in the West Coast ETC when God grabbed a hold of my life and, and God just began to, you know, I did a whole 180 and God just changed me. And since that day, my life has never been the same. And I truly thank God. And, man, is there any grateful man or woman in, in this place here tonight? I want to thank our pastors. I mean, how many know we got, how many know we got great pastors? I mean, we got the best pastors. I want to thank uh, Pastor Ellen and the leadership for giving me this opportunity just to speak. Amen. And um, here tonight, I'm gonna like, I would like to speak about a man. He was a mighty man of God. He was, a, he was a man of God, you could say, who understood a few things about life. A man, you could say, he, he, he was a blessed man, a man who had favor, who had health, who, who was blessed, like I said. Uh, a man you could, we could all look to as, as an example. He was a man who, who, who wanted the best for his family. He was a man that said, you know what, I, w- I want the best for my family, I want the best for my children. And most importantly, you could say this is a man of, of character. So here tonight, let's open up our, our Bibles to the book of Job. And it was like, ooh. We're going to do a little bit of reading, amen. The book of Job, chapter 1. And it says there, and it says there in verse 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And the man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkey, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. And his sons would go and feast in in their houses on each of his appointed day. And will send and invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when these days of feasting ran their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning. He would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. For Job said, it may, well, Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Amen. Let's just pray here tonight. God, we come before you, Lord, here tonight, and we thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you allow me, God, just to come and and speak your word, God. I pray, God, that you just use me as your mouthpiece, God. I pray, Lord, that you just speak, God, what you, God, placed upon my heart, God. And I pray, Lord, you just have your way, give you all the honor, all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. We all know Job here. Amen. If you never read the story of Job, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty hectic story, man. As, as, we, read, as we read there, we, we can see that Job was a man, that Job was a man that, that did things in a way that, that pleased God. Job was a man that when, that, that when he did his, you know, his regular thing, like the Bible was saying, that, that God looked at him and like, 
The Bible says that he was a, a blameless man, a man that, that shunned evil and, and feared God. But I'm just going to continue reading for a few, more, a few more verses. In verse 6 it says, Now there was a day that when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come from? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro throughout the earth and walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in, in all the earth, blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand. And touch all that he has, and surely he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on this person. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. So as we read right there, like I said, Job was a man that did things in a way that was pleasing to God. He was a man that did things that, like God, that, man, like God saw and he said, man, like, this is pleasing to me. I, I love the way that Job does this because the Bible says that, that Job... Job every morning will go in and, and do something for his, for his children. He goes, you know, he'll go in and, and, and place sacrifices and burn offerings for his children. He says, just in case, God, they cursed you, God. God, I want to do this just in case, God. I want to make sure, God, that, God, they're right, God. I want to make sure they're purified, God. I want to make sure, God, they're right before you. Job did this every morning. And the Bible says that he did this every morning, regular basis. There's things we do on a regular basis, yeah. You know, every morning we got to wake up. We gotta make sure we take a shower, because if we don't, we know we're gonna stink. We're gonna make sure we pray. We gotta get that prayer on. We gotta read the word. And man, on Wednesdays, we know every night we gotta be here at seven for church. There's things we do on a regular basis. Amen. Whether you wake up every morning at nine to five, you got your job. Whether you go to work or, or you know, maybe it's a morning shift, night shift, whatever it is, there's something we do on a regular basis. But the Bible says that Job did something on a regular basis, that he, he went and, and put offerings for his children and for his family. And the Bible says he was wealthy, that, that he had favor and he was healthy. And the Bible says that he was the greatest in all the land. So he did things in a way that pleased God on a regular basis. But as he was doing these things on a regular basis, little did Job know something was taking place. As he was going along and, and making offerings and making sacrifices for his children and, and purifying his children and, and just trying to build a, you know, a, a good home for his family and, and, his, and, his, and his, all his business and everything, little did Job know that something was taking place. Job had no idea that something was taking place. And Job had no idea that there was a conversation taking place in the heavenlies. There was a conversation, a discussion in the heavens. And Job had no idea. He was just going along with his normal day, doing what he did regularly. And little did Job know that there was a discussion in heaven between God and Satan. And Job had no idea that he was the focus point of that discussion. He was the center of attention of that conversation. And we see you there in, 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 in from verse 6 to, to 12 that, that God even told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Look at him. He's pleasing to me. The way he, he, the way he wakes up and the way he, he takes care of his family, the way he goes to work, the way you know, she comes to church, the way he does this, it's pleasing to me. But yet Job had no idea that God was talking to, Job, talking to Satan about himself. Little did Job know. And we see how, how God... 
said, look at have you considered my servant Job? This is a man that's dear to my heart. This is a man that, that, that's upright and blameless. In one translation, how it says, you know, he shuns evil. In one translation, the Bible says, it says, he rejects you, Satan. It says, he's blameless and he rejects you. But he's pleasing to me. But little did Job know that there was a discussion, that there was a conversation taking place. And here tonight, we could be here, like I said. We could be here doing what we do regularly. Okay, you know, it's Wednesday night. I got to come. I got to go to church. I got to sing on worship. I got to pick up. I got to give my tithes. I got to do this. is what we do on a regular basis. I got to give my offerings. I got to take my kids to children's ministry. I got to do this. This is when we come and doing our things, the things that we do on a regular basis. But yet little do we know that there could be a conversation taking place right now. We could come here, you know, we wake up every morning, we, we get ready for work, and we go and we pray and we read our Bible, you know. Okay, I, I got paid today, I got to put my tithe aside, I got to put my offering, I got to put my pledge. And we do all these things that we do on a regular basis, but little do we know that something could be taking place in the heavenlies. Something could be taking place right now as we're sitting in church on a regular Wednesday night. But little do we know that there can be a conversation taking place right now. Little did Job know. That there was a conversation taking place, and we could be here like that, like I said, just doing ministry. Business as usual, okay. I, I got journey group this Sunday. I got to see who's going to come with the food. I got to make sure this person comes through. I got I to gotta study for this. I gotta, and little do we know something could be taking place. And like I said, we just might be this, the focus point in that conversation. You know, we've been hearing a lot, like, man, like, we're, man, we're in a war. How many know we're in a war? When a war and the enemy's not just gonna sit back and just go, okay, go ahead and we'll reach some souls. Go ahead and, and go ahead and, and you know and, and take Hayward back for Jesus. Go ahead and do that. The enemy's not just gonna sit there. He's like, you know, I want I, I, I gotta do something. Because as we, if you continue reading, something took place after the conversation. Something took place after the discussion. You could say there was there was an after effect of the conversation. Let's read. In verse 13, it says, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell them. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of the Lord from heaven have came down and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away. And yet and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking... Another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And, and it, fell the, it fell on the young people and they all are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the, fell on the ground and worshipped. If you read right there, it's just like, man, he was just doing what he's regularly doing and all of a sudden... Boom, this happens, and boom, this happens. Like, oh, it's like, man, I feel like he just got hit by a truck. And then another truck came and ran him over. And another one came and ran him. I was like, whoa. But then if, even if you continue reading, in chapter 2, the Bible 
says that, that, that Satan begins to hit Job's health and begins to hit his health. And then not even just his health, he turns his own wife against him. His wife tells him, curse God and die. Do you still hold on to your integrity? And it's like, wow. He was just doing what he, regular, what he did on a regular basis. Making offerings for his children, trying to run his business, you know, being the, the greatest, the Bible says, and you know, it's going along. And out of nowhere, bam. And in another, ah. Joe probably had a plan. Okay, today I'm, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make an offering for my children just in case, God, they cursed you in their hearts. He probably had a plan. And all of a sudden, he gets hit. I believe I heard a quote say, Joe, I think it was Joe Frazier that said, everyone has a game plan when they go into a fight until they get hit. Sometimes that game plan don't work because, like, whoa, like, this guy hits harder than I thought. <laughs> whoa, this, whoa, this guy's faster than I thought. Whoa, this, this, this guy moves better on his feet than I thought. If you have an idea, but, man, Joe, Joe probably had a, a plan. Okay, I'm going to do this. I got to see how the donkeys are. I got to see how the sheep. I got to make sure my wife is, you know, taking care. I got my, my kids. And I don't know where, boom, kidney shot, uppercut. Oh, that one, oh, whoa, oh, you serious? Oh, now, now me? Wow, that, that's not fair. Whoa, now my wife, my kids are acting up. Oh, my car just broke down. Whoa, are you serious? Whoa, man, look at the bills. I got no money. Whoa, are you serious? And it's like, wow. You see, like I said, here tonight, we could be coming and doing what we're doing on a regular basis, and, and there could be a conversation taking place. But maybe some of us are feeling the after effect. Maybe some of us feel the, the problems and the pressures and, and the things taking place one after another. And maybe we feel the, the, the storms of life coming on. Maybe we feel that. And it seems like, man, I don't know where, man, like, I lost my job. I don't know where, maybe, man, I had no money. Maybe I don't know where my car broke down. And maybe I don't know where, man, my, 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 my grandma's in the hospital, my mom. Or maybe something's just taking place. And it seems like I don't know where. Like I said, we've been hearing a lot about, man, we're in a real war. We're in a real war. And the enemy's going to come and try to do anything he can to take the fire out of us. He's going to do anything he can to, to get us to surrender and say, you know what, I don't want this no more. I don't want, I'm not going to come on Wednesday. I'm not gonna, the enemy's going to do anything he can to take the fire out of us. One thing we got to realize that, man, we're in a real war. We got to be, believe in the reality of this war because this thing is for real. It's not just something that we say just to get us pumped up and get us shouting, saying hoorah and all that. No, but this is for real. This is a real war and we have a real enemy and he wants to take the fire out of you and I. You see, all these things were hitting Job, and all these things were hitting him, and his family was, you know, going through all this stuff. But it all came down to one question. Job, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now, Job? You lost all your health. You lost your wealth. You lost your family. Your wife turned against you. What are you going to do now? You have no money. You have no job. Your car's broken down. Your, your kids are acting up. Maybe you have family members in the hospital. What are you going to do now? You see, the choice, is between, the choice is ours. It's not God, it's ours. It's yours and I. The choice is ours. What are we going to do when the, when the war gets a little heated? When we get a little, maybe we get hit left and right. What are we going to do? 
Are we going to continue to remain the man and woman that God trusted? Are we going to continue to carry out the, the plan and will of God? Are we going to continue like, like the Bible says that Job did, that he fell down on his knees and he worshiped God? Are we going to continue to lift up our hands and continue to come and say, God, you are still worthy. Is God still going to be worthy when we get hit? Or are we going to just cut and run and lower our standards? What are we going to do? The question here, Joe, what are you going to do? Like I know all of us know we've all been through things. I know I've been through some things before. I'm not saying I've been through the worst, but I know me personally I've been through some things. And here tonight, as we're fighting in this war, we're fighting in a war, a real war. And the devil comes and he tries to, to take the fight out of us. He comes and tries to tear us down and stop us from, from pursuing the call of God. But there's some things I just want to mention here tonight. Not too long, but I want to mention there's some things we got to remember. There's some things we got to remember. We, some things we got to keep in mind. And the one thing we got to keep in mind, we got to remember who's on our side. I said we got to remember who's on our side. So we got Jesus on our side. We got Jesus on our side. We got the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. We got Jesus on our side. Let's turn to Romans. Romans chapter 8. This is a famous portion of Scripture, and I love this portion of Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, and it says this. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for me, then who can be against me? He's on my side. God is on my side. When the hits come, the blows come, I got to remember, God is on my side. I got to remember when the enemy comes in like a flood, my God will lift up a standard against him because God is on my side. I got to remember when I get hit and I feel like giving up, I got to remember, no, God, you're on my side, God. You already overcame that, God. I'm already victorious in that, God. Because, God, you are on my side. Your word says, God, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, God. Because he's on our side. Even though the bills might be stacking up, God, your word says that you're my provider. Even though my kids might be acting up and they might not be saved, God, your word says that, God, you are a savior. Because, God, you are my side. God is on our side. My dad is with me. My dad is with me. I remember the first day I went to school. Who remembers that day? I remember the first day I went to school, and I was there, and I, I remember the first day I was like, my mom, my mom and dad just dropped me off. Go. I was like, no, I was scared. I was, no. My teacher's like, come on, it's going to be okay soon. No. I remember, and I was right there just crying. No. I was all feeling like all like insecure. No, the kids are going to make fun of me. I'm not going to. No. I remember I was just crying, just crying. I was like, I was like 16 years old, I think. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I was like five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like five years old, I remember. I was crying, and I went home. They picked me up. How was school? I hated it. I don't want to go back. But I remember the next day, I remember I was going to school. My dad's like, don't worry. I'll, I'll come with you. And he was holding my hand. I remember I felt cool because my dad was with me. I thought, yeah. Who's going to mess with me now? <laughs> I, got my dad, I got my dad with me. My dad's with me. 
He's here to protect me. He's here to protect me. I remember a couple years later on in school, I was going, I think I was in the third grade. I started getting bullied. Started getting bullied, and I was like, ah, no. And then it was funny because the person I was getting bullied by, my aunt was her best, or his sister's best friend. I was like, man, so she's getting bullied. And I remember I tell my dad, dad, I'm scared because this kid picks on me. He takes my money. He does. He's like, let me go with you. He's like, yeah, who's going to mess with me now? I got, my dad, I got my dad with me. My dad's on my side. My dad's on my side. I remember having an argument with my friend. My dad will beat up your dad. No, my dad will, no, you know, I remember, I remember that Mike was like, you know what my dad does? I said, my dad's a director. So he makes movies. I go, no, men come in the home and, and, and they come on drugs, but my dad helps them get off drugs. And my dad uses them and they, they, they preach and they pray. My dad will beat up your dad. I remember telling him that. People like, your dad makes movies. Like, no, he's a home director. But I remember every time I talked about my dad, every time my dad would go with me to school, I felt secure. I felt, man, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay because I knew my dad was with me. And it's the same thing here. Even though it might be getting hard, even though we might be getting hit, we got to know that our heavenly father is with us. Even though, like I said, the, the, the floods might come and the storms might come, but don't worry because God is on our side. God is with us every moment, every night, every morning. God is with us. He is on our side. He's on our side. And not only is he on our side. Let's continue reading real quick. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who shall be against us? If, good, if he who did not spare his own son, but deliver him from us, what shall he not with, with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. I want to focus right here and it says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who, Christ who died and furthermore who is risen, who is even on the right hand of the Father who intercedes for us. The Bible says that Jesus intercedes for us. Not only is he on our side, but the Bible says he's on the right hand of the Father and he's praying for you and I. And these are some things we got to remember. Like, you know what, even though it's hard, I got to remember God is, God is with me and he's interceding for you and I. In Luke chapter 22, the Bible talks about how, how Jesus mentions when, 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 when Satan tried to come and, 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 and sift uh, Peter like wheat. And the Bible says that Jesus says, Peter, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Jesus puts in petitions for you and I. When I think about that, I'm, I know sometimes I'm like, oh, pastor, pray for me. Oh, brother, pray for me. I'm nervous. Pray. It's all right. Jesus is praying for you. Don't worry. God intercedes for you and I. I'm not saying, oh, don't, no, don't worry, but don't, but, but I'm saying is, don't worry, because Jesus intercedes for you and I. He's right there on the right hand of the Father, putting in petitions for you and I. He knows that we've been going through it. He knows that it's hard. He knows that we might feel like giving up. But I can see him right there. Don't worry, God. I Be their strength. Protect them. Be with them. Just rooting us on. He puts in petitions for us. And another thing we got to remember, not only is he on our side, not only does he intercede for you and I, but he's our source of power. He's our source of power. He's our strength. That's where our strength comes from. Our strength comes from him. He's our provider. He's our help. 
He's our healer. Our power comes from him. In Romans 8, chapter 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives within you and I. I said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you and I. Even though it gets hard, like I said, even though we get hit, even though the, the, the after effect of the conversation might be taking place on, the, on our lives, don't matter because the same power that conquered the grave lives within you and I. It lives within you and I. The same power that, that death couldn't stop, that the grave couldn't hold, the same power that he placed within the disciples, within, the, within, the, within Timothy, within Paul, within Pastor Sonny, it lives within you and I. The same power that conquered the graves is living within you and I here tonight. It's the power that overcomes. It's the power that strengthens. It's the power that breaks down barriers. It's the power that tears down walls. It's the power that, that heals the sick. And it's living within you and I here tonight. But all we got to do is tap into it. So when the floods come and the storms come, just do what Job did. Lift up your hands and begin to worship. Lift up your hands and begin to worship. Lift up your hands and say, okay, God, even though it's hard, God, I'm still worshiping you. You're still worthy to be praised because the same power that conquered the grave lives within me. Let's get on our knees and continue. Lift up our hands. Like I said, we're in this war, we're in this war. But because we have this power, we have an unlimited source of ammo. We have an unlimited source of ammo. I remember doing all the cheat codes on, on my games just so I, I never ran out of bullets. Yeah, I never. Ah. You see, it's important to remember these few things when these things come. When the floods come and, and, the, and the storms come and all these things come, it's important to remember these things. Because these things are either going to do one of two things, either push us towards God or away from God. But the thing, God can't control the way we react to it. So a lot of times, like the Bible says, God allowed it to happen because it's meant to push us towards God. But I know I found myself many times not remembering these things, not remembering that God was on my side, not remembering that I have this power that I'm able to tap into, that God was interceding for me. I remember many times I forgot. And I found myself running away from God rather than towards God. You see, when we allow these things to push us towards God, how many know God begins to stand out? God begins to stand out. We got to make God stand out when these things take place. When I look at my Bible, I turn pages and I turn pages and, and I got many scriptures highlighted. I got many scriptures highlighted. And even though I see the whole paper, the whole page and the whole book right there, but the thing that stands out is what highlights, what is highlighted. I see, yeah, the, all these verses, but these verses stick out to me because they're highlighted. And many times when, when, when the trials come and, and, the, and the storms come and the war is just getting heated, we got to learn how to get our spiritual highlighter and highlight God in the situation. 
God, even though, God, I might see everything else, God, but God, you're the one that stands out. You're the one, God, that I see above the problem, above the situation. Even though I might not have no money, God, it's all right because, God, you're highlighted within the situation, God. I might have no money. I might have no job. My kids might be doing who knows what. Maybe you got some family members in the hospital. Maybe you might be sick. But it's all right. Because, God, you're highlighted. You're highlighted, God. And we're fighting. We're fighting. And we highlight, God, we continue to fight. We continue to fight. You see, this evening, church, the question is still remains the same. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to remember who's on our side? Are we going to remember to highlight God? Are we going to remember that we have a power that we're able to tap into? The power that conquered the grave. Death couldn't stop it. The grave couldn't hold it. Are we going to remember that? Are we going to run? What are we going to do? Because we're, in, like I said, we're in a war. We're in a war. But we got to know something that this fight is fixed. It's a fixed fight. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We're already victorious. We're already victorious. But what are we going to do? <clears throat> I'm almost finished here tonight. And uh, I remember, I'm going to be a little bit transparent here tonight. And I remember a couple, it was last year. You go ahead and make your way. It was last year. And right there, uh, I remember, I was right there. I was, I was able to be staff right there in the training center. I was all excited. I was nervous. I was like, man, what's going to happen? And it's a whole new level, whole new experience. And I remember going in, and the first couple months was cool. I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm able to work with these men, with these young people, and may, able to, you know, do this and get involved and go to the mother church and do this. And I think it was like the third or fourth month I get a call. I, I call my dad, hey, dad, how's it going? And he's like, hey, just keep your nana in prayer. I'm like, what's wrong? She's in the hospital. She's not doing too good. I was like, oh, man. All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I remember praying, God. Pray, God. Because just previously, she just came out of the hospital. I was like, God, you got you to do this, God. I'm praying. I'm believing. A couple weeks went by. I called. Hey, she, she's, she's doing better. She's out. I'm like, Thank you, Jesus. And then I get a call from my dad again. A couple months later, about a month and a half later, just pray for your mom. She's not doing good at all. I was like, no. What's wrong? What's wrong with my mom? And he's beginning to explain. I was like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I was like, okay. I remember we, get, we had chapels where we were praying. And we lifted up my mom. And, you know, thank you, God. And, and after a couple weeks went by, I get a phone call. Hey, your mom's doing better. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You're, you are a healer. And then I remember we are getting ready. To, I think we just came, we just came back from a, uh, the second part of the crusade. Remember, we were here in Hayward, and we took a little break right there, and we're at the training center. And I get a phone call from my sister. She says, "Pray for Thea Sandra." I was like, "Why?" Her heart failed, and she's not doing good. I was like, "What?" She's in the hospital. I was like, "No." I was like, "She's that. She's my aunt that raised me when I was a little kid." 
God, I'm just trying to do what you call me to do, God. I'm just trying to pursue the call of God. And then we're getting ready to go to Vegas. I told a few people about this. I was like, yeah, Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I'm like, yeah. On the way to Vegas, I'm like, man, like, my hip is hurting. I was like, man, this thing hurts. And that night we go and we settle. I'm just limping. I'm like, man, this thing hurts. I'm laying down that night. And all of a sudden I'm just having a struggle. I'm like, man, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I remember they took me to the hospital. It was just, it was, they said it was something within my, my vital organs. And they go, but you ripped and you tore tissue on your leg and you can't walk. You're going to be out for about a month. I was like, I'm going to miss the whole crusade. I'm like, man. So I remember I was right there in the, in the room, the house. I was like, man, I want to be out there. I want to be hitting the streets. I want to be saving souls and doing the rallies with all these training center students. I was like, man. All of a sudden, I started feeling sick. I started feeling sick. And my hands started swollen up. And I was like, man. My hand was literally about like that fast. Was like, and it was just spreading all through my arm. I remember just going to the hospital. Like, we don't know what's taking place. We don't know what's wrong. Are you serious? We got to keep you. I was like, why? He's like, well, we don't know. We just got to keep you because this could be serious. I remember that I was in there in the, in the room. I was like, man. I remember I text Pastor Stevon. I was like, I'm in the hospital. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but I remember I was right there. And the doctor's like, you know what you have? A lot of times the final result is amputation. And I was like, serious? I was like, he's like, I'm serious. I remember being there in the bed, and I was like, God, what's, what's going on, God? I was just trying to do what you called us to do here in the training center, God. I was just trying to, you know, save souls and, and help build churches and, and, you know, train and work with young people, God. And I remember it was one of the hardest prayers I ever prayed. I was acting in the bed by myself because one of the guys was staying with me, but he left to go get something to eat. And I was just right there, and I was like, God, if it's your will, God, to take my arm, God, then God, take it you're still worthy to be praised. And I remember I was there and I was like, man. And I remember they started like working on my arm and they, they came up to us and they go, we're going to have to keep you a little bit longer. I was like, why? Because there's a chance what you had in your arm might have spread through your heart and your organs. I said, you serious? Doing all these CAT scans and, and ultrasounds and MRIs and giving me shots all over my body. I was like, you serious? I was just trying to reach souls. I was just trying to save, you know, save young people and, and build the church and just trying to do what you call me to do, God. And just like, bam, bam, God. And I remember being in that hospital bed. I was like, God, come on, God. I want to do something for you. And then finally, I ended up, I was able to leave the hospital. Everything ended up working out. I remember the whole time I was in Vegas, I was on crutches. And we ended up going back. We ended up going back to the training center. And the first night I went back, I remember I was getting ready for bed. I take off my socks and I had all these. I thought, I was like, what? At first, I thought it was a rash. I was like, no. But I find out something's wrong with my immune system and my blood vessels and doing all this stuff. I'm like, what next, God? God, I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to do what you call me to do just trying to answer the call of God. And I'm not saying this like, oh, I had the hardest, but but then I just remember, okay, the 
told me, okay, you got to go and get some rest. I was like, oh, I don't want to leave. So the, I think it was like a day before I was about to leave, I was asleep. I was, it was about three days before I was about to go take a, take a rest. I was asleep. It was just like 4 o'clock in the morning. I get a phone call from my mom. She said, she said, Ray. I said, Mom, what's wrong? She's like, Tia Sandra passed away right now. I was like, oh, God. Are you serious? She's like, yeah. I just remember just being in bed, and I was like, God. I was just trying to answer your call, God. And just left and right, left and right. I was like, oh. I was like, this doesn't even matter, God, because, God, I love you, you know. I remember the next morning I woke up, and I was in crutches, and I remember going to chapel. And I was right there, and I was just like, God, I don't know, God. I just, I don't want to be here right now. And they go, oh, we got to pray for Ray. And they prayed, and I was like, God, I don't I don't even feel nothing. And I still had to go on the day. I had meetings. And I had to like, I'm not even. But I remember that night, I told, I told the staff, I'm, I'm, I got to go separate. I got I to gotta grab a hold of God. And I remember I go into chapel and I close the door. And I lock the door and I, I turn off the lights. I remember I got my phone. I was just looking to my prayer list. I pushed in. I pushed play and I put my headphones on. I was just like there and I was just crying. Like, God. I remember the first song that came on, and I just, here I am to worship, and just here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, and I just remember hearing that, and then there was a part of the song, and it says, you're all together lovely, you're all together worthy, you're all together wonderful to me, and that part just really stuck out to me. I remember I was just right there and I looked on my phone. What does that word all together mean? And it means everything considering, considering all. That means in the good times and in the bad times. When you're high or when you're low. When it's going good or it's going bad. It says you're all together lovely. You're all together worthy. You're all together wonderful to me. No matter what I'm going through, God, God, you are still worthy to be praised. And I remember I was right there, and then I just remember, I just put it on repeat, and I just, I didn't even think about what's taking place. I erased everything, and I highlighted God and said, God, you are still worthy to be praised, God, despite what's taking place on me, God, despite what took place within my family, God. God, I'm highlighting you within the situation, because you're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised, God. He's worthy to be praised. In the midst of the war, in the midst of the hard times, in the midst of the, the circumstances, he's still worthy to be praised. And I know it gets hard, and I know it gets tough, and I know sometimes we feel like just throwing in the towel. But he's still worthy to be praised. And I remember I was right there, and I just began to break. I just began to break, God. And you're still worthy, God. You're still awesome, God. The next morning, I don't know what happened. I was like, I was like, man, I felt like if God just put a new spirit within me, and I was right there, and I was in the chapel. I was like, God, you are awesome. God, you are worthy. And I remember I was right there in the upstairs, and one of the guys came up to me like, man, right? I don't know, man. I was like, and I just began to encourage him. 
I was beginning to share it with him, and then one of the other brothers came. He's like, how are you going to encourage him? You just look at you, Ray. You grab your angels. I go, I don't know, man. I go, I don't know, JJ. All I know is God is awesome. I go, all I know is God is worthy. That's all I know is my God is awesome. Even though it's hard, I told him, God is worthy. I say that to say this, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Let's all stand here tonight. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what you, what you might feel. We've been hearing a lot, man, we're in a war. We're in a, man, this is, this is a battle. It's a fight. But the question in the fight is, what are you going to do? Are you going to still lift up your hands? Are you still going to believe God for that healing? Are you still going to believe God for the salvation of your family, for your children? What are you going to do? Right there, Maria, just begin to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands right there for a few moments. And just don't even worry about nothing. Just worship God. Just worship God. Just worship God right there. Lift the up your voice. power that conquered the grave lives in me. Just worship God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are awesome, God. Love you are worthy to be praised, Jesus. Jesus, you are awesome, me. too. You are worthy, God. The same power that conquers the grave lives in me, lives in me. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to open up the altars, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to come and we're going to worship God. Whatever you may be going through, put that to the side. Any tr struggles or, or trials, put that to the side. And let's highlight God right now.